ready to try to stand uh, on his own. Where's Zora? Is Zora here? She never laughs with my jokes, so I think this is a good one. Why did the bicycle could not stand on his own? It was too tired. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Oh, Giannis, with his dad jokes, his book of dad jokes all throughout the year. It's been great. Good stuff there on the way back. On this April Fool's Day, the worst of all holidays, Adam Hill, Lily Ramirez, joined by an old friend, Stormy Bonatoni, joins us on, I was going to say the phone. You're connected to us in ways. How are you doing? I'm great. Better now that we welcomed back with the dad joke. Oh, um, God. I, I embarrass my family constantly when we're at the grocery store and they say, would you like the milk in a bag? And I always hit them with the keep it in the jug. <laughs> oh, my God. This, is, this has been done multiple times? I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, a lot to get into with you. But first, I, I did see you posted a video Breaking down the women's final four, which is about to start. Anything we should know before we make some bets here on the women's games? Um, sure. Yeah, I love it. Um, I like South Carolina. I did a South Carolina and Stanford money line parlay because okay. I feel like South Carolina is about as close to a lock for a win as you're gonna get. They've only got two losses all year long, and it's been by a combined three points. So, you know, they've been the odds-on favorite to win the national championship all season long for a reason. I don't know if I necessarily like the minus eight and a half in the game itself. Louisville definitely, to me, seems like they uh, are riding the we're the underdogs team. We're we're a one seed, but nobody's talking about us kind of a, a thing. So um, I, I like South Carolina and then Stanford. You know, U UConn opened up as the favorite just about everywhere. And that line totally flipped, um, which I think was the right move that Stanford should have been favored in the game. Paige Buchers, you know, I get that she proved in the Elite Eight that she's the superstar we thought she would be, but Stanford's got too much firepower, too much length, in my opinion. I think that the Cardinal offense is going to break through UConn's defense. And, I mean, what a coaching matchup we've got there, too, with Gino Ariema and Tara Vanderveer. It's going to be great games tonight for sure. But um, because of just what I said there with South Carolina being such a good team, um, you don't want to just bet them money line, right? Because you're not going to get any value on it. But if you pair it with Stanford money line, you get plus 125. So uh, that's where I'm vibing there. I like it a lot. And I feel bad rooting against you. No. I don't. Well, I don't want Stanford to win the national championship. Well, they don't have to win the national championship. Can I know. they just get there? But no, no, I guess they can. We'll, we'll cheer for, here's, here's my reasoning, and I could be totally wrong. This is just speculation. It's not anything based on anything I know. But I feel like if Stanford wins, Tara Vanderveer could quit and go out mm. on top, and then that means that UNLV loses Lindy LaRock, who is one of the best that's coaches not they've gonna ever happen. had. That's, that's not, not, that's, that's not going to ha happen because Tara's longtime assistant, who's been there longer than Lindy was with her, is in, in line to take over. Lindy's not going to get it before. I can't think of she her should. name. She should. She's amazing. She, that's 100% uh, true, but I think – Lindy obviously knows that as well, and I'm trying to think who Tara's is because her name escapes me because I just got done covering the Pac-12 <laughs> Women's Tournament. But either, her either number way. one assistant is in line to take over that job when Tara okay. retires. How much, how much fun was it, though, by the way, watching UNLV put up the fight they did against oh. Arizona? Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, it was great. And I, I actually was at a major resort downtown, Stormy. And, uh, a major I, resort? I was uh, sitting with the owner of the resort and asked him to put the game on television on the big screen in the sports book. That didn't go over well with everyone. 
but it was, I love it. During the Gonzaga game? During yes. the Gonzaga game? Oh, yeah. Love it. It was great. Love it, it. it. was, it was, it was a wonderful idol. time. It was fun watching it. Um, but, yes, there there is men's games tomorrow, too. Uh, you are a Las Vegan above all else, Stormy. You have to be cheering against Duke, right? Well, uh, I'm oh, in no. the bit of a pre- well. Come on, that game. Those games were in the '90s before I was born. Oh no! Um, it's not my fault. Let me live. Um, I'm rooting against Duke because I just feel like it's fun to do. But I don't okay. know if my if my uh, my wallet's going to be agreeing. I haven't placed a bet on this game pre-flop, although everybody keeps trying to talk me into the fact that Duke's going to blow out North Carolina, and I just don't. I just don't really see that happening. So I'm going to take more of a live betting approach to it. But I was seeing this this stat actually made me a little bit sick. Coach K 7-0 against the number as a favorite in the national semifinals. Is that unbelievable Ooh. or what? As Ooh. a favorite. As a favorite. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I don't want to hear the I wasn't born yet excuse when your father is who he is from this town. The history that I your family has. I love the banner hanging at UNLV. I root for, but I mean, come on, we're twenty-something years later. Thirty-one years later, and it still matters. Get Big Rich on the phone. Where's Big Rich when we need him on the clean feed? (laughs) (laughs) uh, You talk about that game, North Carolina Duke. Obviously, that's a lot of the focus. But guess what? Uh, Money is money earned. Betting is the same no matter how big the game is, and the other game. Has some opportunities too. Anything you like in the Villanova, the shorthanded Villanova against Kansas game? Yeah, so I did get a really good number. I like Kansas here, as do, do a lot of people. Um, I got Kansas minus three. Like you mentioned, Villanova shorthanded. They're primarily a six man rotation down to five now with one of their lead scorers, team leaders, Justin Moore, out. Like, obviously, that's going to be. A huge hurdle because not only is he important from a scoring standpoint, but he's just he's a great rebounder. He's their best defender, eats up a ton of minutes, three-year starter, all the things, right? Justin Moore provides. Um, and I know they've been in positions like this before. Last year was Colin Gillespie, uh, and they had guys step up and rise to the occasion. I just think that a team like Kansas, it might be a little bit too much. And I know they're they've had the whole week to prepare. They're gonna do the best they possibly can to execute, to play slow tempo, slow Kansas down as much as possible. I just don't know how much it's going to work out. Um, So I do like Kansas here. I'm not saying it's going to be a a runaway by any means, hence why we haven't seen the number move a ton, right? Like it's been four, four and a half, just keep, it it never really gets up to five for whatever reason. Um, So clearly a lot of money is coming in on that other side and not a lot of people are really talking about it. But I do like Kansas here. I think that the Justin Moore issues is going to be, I don't think it's being blown out of proportion. You can hear her on VSIN with all this great betting information and so much more uh, on her show, as well as up on Twitter. Follow Stormy Bonatoni up there. And by the way, I think Willie's going to say it for me, but on Instagram, too. You got to follow the Instagram story. It is entertaining. It, it's probably more entertaining. Well, I don't know, because you get an hour worth, but it, you have to get the one on one feel. <laughs> Even if it's for 15, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, one minute, whatever. The, the in-the-car uh, totals totals plays in the, in, in the NHL are oh, great. Yes, it's, it, the, with, the, with the voice inflection and the little sound effects and, and the ups and the downs <laughs> and give me all the goals. 
<laughs> I am I am definitely a little bit of a knucklehead. I will admit that. And yes, on my show, you do get a full hour of it. But um, I like you referenced it in the parking lot. I was I tore my meniscus um, during college football season this year. I tore my meniscus, had to put off getting surgery until recently, and so now I'm I'm doing. PT regularly and people keep telling me that I need to post my pics more. I don't I don't usually do it. I prefer people to listen to my show, but I think that maybe utilizing my social media will be a good way to target more people to listen to the show or watch the show. Um so yeah, somebody was like, "What are your plays today?" and I was like, "Okay, well, I got to go into PT in literally two minutes, but I'm in the parking lot. Here's my best bet. So I'm doing what I can do, okay? Stormy, you fit in right on the show. Uh Willie is right now doing rehab. Uh I believe he suffered the exact same injury in the media room at T-Mobile Arena over the weekend. Let's talk about how embarrassing our different ways were of hurting ourselves. What happened in the media room? So I had told a fellow media member as as time expired, I said, man, how how incredible would this storyline be if Evgeny Dadnoff scores the game winner in overtime? So it's just he and I sitting there and... Third shift in, Dadnoff comes on, scores a game-winning goal against the Blackhawks, overcoming the 3-0 deficit. And I turned to my right, put my hands on his traps. Like, like I grabbed his – like, I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Because, like, I had just predicted that. And the whole – everything moved and rotated except the right knee, which I had <laughs> been doing PT for degenerative meniscus. And all I heard was – and No. Yeah. So, so – I, I I limp over to uh, the laptop. I file my story on deadline, and within 30 minutes after the press conference and filing my second story, I'm walking out of T-Mobile with Adam and Dave Shane, uh, with one foot down and the other <laughs> on the ball of my foot. And I got home and on my doorstep through Amazon because I happened to have ordered it the day before was a stim. You know the ice, uh, the mm-hmm. the stimula, uh, stimulate mm-hmm. machine. I had ordered one anyway, and so for the next two days, I was just doing stim yeah. and ice. Stormy, can you top that story of how to tear your meniscus? Uh, mine, uh, mine's different. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> so I was I was working out at Orange Theory. You know, trying to exercise. I know Willa can respect that. Absolutely. Taking a taking a rest after my workout, and I go to stand up. From said rest, tore my meniscus. Oh, How boy. embarrassing is that? People are like, oh my gosh, like, did you hurt it? I went to, I did, I worked a lot of games at Utah. Did you hurt it skiing? Did you hurt <laughs> it? Did, uh, no, I, I stood up from the ground a little funny. So yeah. I'm old. That's that's okay. how that works. Um, it okay, was really minute, that not great. Dirt. Old enough to tear <laughs> your old enough to tear your meniscus, but not be alive for the UNLV Duke rivalry. That's good. That's about the right age, I suppose. So here's yeah. what I'm interested in, Stormy. Be- yeah, because so I I went to a a very very highly regarded sports ortho center Monday. Um, one of the partners there. Um, guesstimated that it was going to be a tournament based on everything, all the tests he did, hands-on, next day did the MRI, actually waiting on the results, but he's pretty sure that's what it was because with all the tests, there was no ligament. You know, he, he was able to twist and turn the shin, the this, the that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's a question of whether or not I should, you know, get it repaired, get it cleaned, um, or just put it off and go through PT because I went from walking on the ball of my foot to basically walking with the limp, but I'm putting pressure on my right foot. So I, you waited, you've waited four or five months. So I'm thinking I might just wait. 
I did get a cortisone shot, though. <laughs> I got a co- wait. I got a cortisone shot before two, three weeks ago, and I'm wondering if it weakened the dang meniscus. Oh no, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I we got the cortisone shot shot to get me through all my sideline reporting for college football, and my doctor was super nervous that it was going to mess it up bad to where the surgery wouldn't go as planned. Fortunately, it was okay, but just. Be safe with whatever you're doing. That's all I'll say. People don't care about our knees. No. What are we doing? Seven, it was seven nothing. South Carolina start. Uh, Louisville to score. So seven two. Good start for you on your uh, you on your women's game. Um, make sure, as we said, check out the, the plays. I mean, obviously the show. You get a lot of plays on there, but the Instagram stories, the Twitter, a lot of great plays there as well. And uh, what else are you looking at coming up? I mean, a lot of hockey for sure. Uh, probably NFL draft props up on the show as well coming up. Yeah, we're um, we're touching on a little bit of everything right now. Um, did not expect the NFL offseason to be as crazy as it's been, but how fun, right? Um, but yeah, I do have some hockey tonight. Uh, I like the Sabres and Predators game, which is going on right now. I believe the puck dropped at four. Um, I like that over six goals and the fact that the Sabres already have one on the board a couple minutes in is making me feel pretty good. Uh, I have the lightning on the puck line against the Blackhawks too. Chicago got blown out for nothing from Florida yesterday. Um, as we know, they got rid of their best goaltender in Marc-Andre Fleury and they'd be struggling. So I like Tampa at home. See, this is the insight that you get sure. on my Instagram as well. Give me I all think, the goals. Yeah, no, somebody, uh, when I told people to take the over in the Rangers game the other day with Alexander Georgiev in that, um, I was like, he is, how you say, not good at the hockey. Yes. <laughs> and so a lot of people messaged me about that. But hey, you got, he's not. <laughs> He's not very good. Like, I don't know what to tell you. He's an auto fade, right? Like, it's an over or bet the bet against the Rangers. But in that case, I did not because we had terrible goaltending on the other side as well. Neither here nor there. Um, I do like the Lightning tonight, like I said, and I'm a little bit bummed. I like the Rangers um, in regulation to beat the Islanders in a revenge spot after they lost um, in MSG to the Islanders a couple weeks ago, 2-1, but they're down one nothing right now, so those are not vibes. Ooh, Preds scored again! Tied at one in the first. Give me all the goals! There you go. That's a good way to end it. He's an auto-fade goalie. You're an auto-follow on social media. Check it out. And my guys in the desert on VSIN. Great, great stuff. As always, we appreciate it. Great talking to you. Appreciate you guys. You're the best. Talk soon. There you go. Great stuff. Story about a Tony follower up on the social media and check her out on VSIN. So much more to get to as we continue the show on a Friday. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You know, it's interesting. I just spent a couple days at the league meeting, and everyone is keeping an eye on what happens with Lamar Jackson because Deshaun Watson increased the fully guaranteed amount from approximately 150 to $230 million. And if Lamar Jackson gets that, the quarterback market will change forever. So the eyes of the football world are closely watching that negotiation. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. studio. Back here, Cofield and Company, on this Friday, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, in for Steve Cofield. He'll be back Monday, I'm pretty sure. I think that's how it's going to work. We let him. So, uh, what a weekend coming up with the Final Four, but it's always football time. It is always football time, especially in Las Vegas. we got the draft coming up. We've got the owners' meetings just passed. A crazy, wild offseason and a lot of topics to get to. And we go to one of our favorite experts on on the NFL, Treen Williams from Pro Football Talk. How you doing? 
I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are good. We got to start start with something very, very serious. Okay, it's not that serious. Uh, I know that in these pandemic times, a lot of coworkers aren't together very often. Uh, I haven't seen some of my coworkers in months, which is probably a good thing. Uh, But you work with one of our good friends here on the show, Miles Simmons. I don't know if you've had a meal with him, but we do need to know if if you have. Did he send the food back? Because that's his thing. Um, I have, and I did this week because we were both at the owners' meetings uh, in Palm Beach, and he did. Well, he actually he did send back a meal because oh no, brought in the wrong. Well, they brought in the wrong thing, so it wasn't really his fault. So he sent it back, and I was done eating by the time they brought his meal back. That was the first day uh, we were at the owners' meetings. The second day, he did not send anything back. Okay, but okay, that's fifty percent of the time, and I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what Miles does. That's awesome. That's, great. that's, that's awesome. great. That's good stuff. Well, uh, obviously, you just mentioned being at the owners' meetings. It was. Uh, it's always there's always news. There's always you know coaches talking yeah. and GMs talking. What was your big takeaway from being down there? Well, I think overtime was the biggest talking yeah. point, and the Deshaun Watson I- yeah. issue—the fact that they're not going to use the commissioner exempt list on him. But you know, it was nice to see overtime. In my mind, anyway, nice to see overtime change so that both teams are guaranteed a possession uh, in the postseason. I think that's something that we all wanted uh, because you can just cite all those times, including obviously the Bills Chiefs game this postseason when one team didn't get the opportunity seven times under the current format that or the previous format that just ended um, that the team that won the coin toss scored on a touchdown on the first possession. And I think we all want to see those games kind of extended and give the opponent a chance to, to match it. Like Josh Allen, we didn't get to see Josh Allen in overtime last year. So, you know, I, I think that was the big thing. And then, and then just the Sean Watson, what, how long is he going to be suspended for. I think it's probably going to be in the range of yeah. six to eight games, but it's obviously not going to put him on the commissioner exempt list. So you would think that they would have to make a decision on him before the start of the season. So still some time there for the investigation to play out. Definitely want to get into Deshaun Watson in a minute, uh, but there's one other thing that came out of the owners' meetings that I think us as media people really reacted to, but I don't think the average fan cared as much as we did, but I think there is a reason to. So locker rooms are going to be open next year, which is good news yeah. for all of us in the media. Why does it matter? I, I've 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 tried to I've been trying to tell people this, but it's it's tough for the average fan to really care about our jobs, I guess sometimes. But why does this matter? Well I think Kevin Durant of all people kind of tweeted this week about why it matters. And you just you have that one on one interaction in in Athletes get to know media, media get to know athletes and get maybe give a different side of them, and, and athletes know who to trust and not trust, and you just develop a relationship. When you're doing it on a Zoom call, you're not going to establish a relationship. And the other big thing, I think, in a football locker room, there's 50, 53 players. I guarantee you from the Cowboys, which is the team I covered for 17 years and, and have obviously have been on some Zoom calls over the last two years, huh. All 53 players were never on a Zoom call. I mean, you, you had the, mostly the same players week after week after week. And it, now, that's who fans most want to hear from. I get it. That's what gets the most hits, so that's what you're mostly going to write about. In Cowboys instance, Zach Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. Last year was Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, those types of guys, Micah Parsons. 
But you also want to hear from some of those other guys on the roster, guys with great stories. The kicker, for instance, didn't speak very much last year and really affected a lot of games with the Cowboys. It gives you an opportunity to go explore why is he having all these struggles, which we haven't seen Greg Zerline have in his career. So I, I just think that you get more stories, you get better stories, you have better relationships between the players and the media. And I realize the NFLPA, this is, this is not something they want. I get it. I understand why. Um, but I think it's much needed. And, you know, there's a history of, of media going into locker rooms and, and getting stories. And, you know, maybe there needs to be a longer cooling off period for the losing team after a game uh, other than 10 minutes, a little bit extended beyond that. But that would I wouldn't change that by much. I mean, you still get those great stories and those great quotes when you go even in the losing locker room. Follow her up on Twitter at NFL Tareen, uh, C-H. A R E A N. That's how you spell that. Um, I, I the Deshaun Watson story. I think is something we could probably talk about for like three or four hours. Uh, I think there's yeah. obviously a football story to it because getting a guaranteed contract at that level in this situation is going to completely alter the market. There's also the personal yeah. side to this. Of I, I'm not fully comfortable. I'm not fully comfortable with like the league deciding. You know things that the court decided not to, it's a, it's a whole complicated thing how should we view yeah. this story it's there's so many layers to it uh, there's tons of layers and you're right i get what you're saying that if the criminal court doesn't decide to pursue charges which we saw in the ben roethlisberger case which we saw in the ezekiel case which is why we are where we are with the sean watson personal conduct policy doesn't specify that there has to be criminal charges which you saw uh, ben Roethlisberger and Ezekiel Elliott avoid those criminal charges, just like Deshaun Watson, but they ended up getting six-game suspensions. Now Ben Roethlisberger's was reduced to four games, and Zeke fought his in court for a long time before finally serving the six games. And I think Deshaun Watson's will be a little bit longer than that from what I've heard, probably around the eight-game range, just because there's 22 cases and not one case. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. But that that's the off-the-field thing, and the Browns didn't make the trade just based on what's going to happen in 2022. They made the trade based on long-term, and he's going to be our franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. So that's why they made the trade. But um, we'll see how, how the suspension and, and all of that plays out, but it's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. And I think that's why you're seeing, you know, the, the Browns' win totals uh, in Vegas uh, vary a little bit because nobody knows how long the suspension is going to go and, and what's going to happen while he's out. So, I mean, the, the guaranteed deal does change a lot of things, too. And I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, every other quarterback in the league is like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what just yeah. happened here? How much does this alter kind of the landscape of quarterback deals for the near future? Oh, no question. Absolutely. More than just quarterbacks, I think. You know, I talked to three executives. Um, from other teams and front office, and they hate the contract, obviously. And, you know, they, they look at it and say, this guy has 22 civil lawsuits against him, and, and the Browns gave him, you know, fully guaranteed contract. You know, good Lord, what are we going to have to do for, for our quarterback? So, yeah, and it, it could hold up some quarterback deals. Um that you're that you're seeing, like Lamar Jackson, for instance, you know, you figure he's going to get a big deal. And there's a lot of these 
player, Russell Wilson, is going to get a big deal. He's got two years left on his deal with the trade to the Broncos, and I would suspect that here pretty quickly he's going to start asking uh, for a new deal. So, yeah, this totally changes the landscape, and I think not just at the quarterback position, but, yes, at the quarterback position because every good quarterback, and some quarterbacks think they're better than what they are, but every good quarterback is going to ask for guaranteed money now. I mean, it, it completely changes how teams operate and, and everything about the salary cap. It, it, it's just it's phenomenal that the Browns would give him a fully guaranteed contract. But you know what? They had to do it to get him, and that's what they did, and that's what they sacrificed to go get it. You've been covering the league for a while. Have you ever seen anything like this offseason? <laughs> no. I, you know, 1994 was my first season covering this, and that was the first year of unfettered free agency. And I've said repeatedly that this is the wildest offseason we've ever seen in history. And I, I'll never forget, my first my first team I covered was the Buccaneers. I covered them for six years in, in the mid to late 90s. And I'll never forget, Rich McKay was GM them, and Rich McKay said, and always joked, this is a no-trade league. And it was true. Trades never happen. And now you're never surprised. You're surprised, but never surprised. Uh, I think Adams all surprised us all a little bit. <laughs> You're kind of never surprised anymore when you see a trade with a big name in it just because that's kind of what's happened over the last couple of years. It really has changed. But it's been a fun off season, and we're still talking about it. So I hope it continues this off season, and I hope we see something else wild. You know, I keep saying, okay, what's going to happen next? And then something happens next. You know, it was a Tyree Kill deal. I, I had just asked on our show the day before, what's going to be next? Didn't see Tyreek Hill coming. So there's something else that's probably coming that we don't foresee. But, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Unbelievable offseason and a lot of fun. Well, it's, it's, it's funny. You did just answer the question I was going to ask you. But, I mean, we're, we've, we're done. For, we can breathe for a couple of days, right? Like Nothing crazy well, is going to happen. I, I would hope, right? <laughs> I would hope we're done until the draft of anything else happening. And then after the draft, obviously teams that don't get who they want in the draft will start exploring perhaps trades for, for a position that they didn't fill in the draft. So I, I think we're done until the draft, but I'm not going to say for certain based on what we've seen this offseason. So the draft is in Vegas. We are we are fired up. We're excited. The you know Vegas yeah. is now going to be the home of the NFL. We just had the Pro Bowl. The Super Bowl is coming. No a doubt. Lot of, a lot of events are coming here. What what do you th- I mean first of all it's it's still kind of stunning that Vegas is such a home for the NFL now after being shunned for so long but what do you think the draft weekend is going to look like in Vegas Oh I think it's going to be a lot of fun I've covered covered a number of drafts in in various cities um Philadelphia Chicago New York and and obviously Dallas Fort Worth and and it's just a good time it's it's, it's a fun weekend it's exciting and you know teams all teams think they get better during the draft, but it's going to be especially fun, I think, in Vegas, just the atmosphere. Uh, it's going to be lights out. I think Tennessee, I didn't get to go to Tennessee when they have, but I think most rank that as, as the best atmosphere that we've had so far. I think it's going to be even better in Vegas. Everything's better in Vegas, right? So <laughs> it should be the home to everything. I, it's the one stadium now I haven't been to now that I got to go to SoFi for the Super Bowl. So I cannot wait to come see that stadium when the Super Bowl's there. So, Tarina, i got to ask you, you've been covering the NFL for quite some time. You are covering the NFL when they were adamant that not even an exhibition game could come here when they're, when, when this league was <laughs> yeah. traveling abroad and going all these different places. Um, 
What have you seen in the first two years that the Raiders have been here or even further back once they announced that they were leaving Oakland and that Las Vegas has infiltrated the league, how it's benefited all the other NFL cities and the league itself? Oh, no question. And gambling, frankly, has changed everything. But, yeah, just the league's attitude toward gambling, toward Las Vegas, obviously has changed a lot in recent years. Uh, forget going back to 1994 when I first started. I never thought I would see anything in Vegas, and I remember discussing that uh, just, I don't know, it's probably five, six, seven years ago about, hey, wouldn't it be neat if, you know, an event, if the Super Bowl went to, oh, it'll never happen. You know, I was talking to an NFL official, it'll never happen. Yeah, it'd be fine, but it'll never happen. Well, here we are, and it's <laughs> happening, and it's exciting, and, you know, I think it's the one destination top destination that people want to go to fans of other teams want to go to they and they want to go see a Raiders game and I, I just think it's changed everything about the NFL um, and will continue to do so with with gambling uh, just going to more states but but Vegas yeah it, it's exciting that it's there I think it was past its time that that an NFL team went there and it's just going to be fun in the future to see where they go especially now that they've got a lot of talent on that team I think it's going to be even more exciting so we'll let you go. And by the way, as we're talking, Xavier Howard just signed an insane new contract with the, with the Dolphins. So there's always something going on in the NFL. We appreciate it. What, what, are, what should people look for coming up from you? Well, that's it. I, I saw the Xavier Howard thing as we were talking. So I guess that'll be next on my docket to, to write about. But there's always something. It's never dull. There you go. Follow her up on Twitter, NFL Tareen. We appreciate it. And uh, can't wait for you to see Allegiant Stadium. It's a cool spot. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. You too. Great stuff, as always, from her. More NFL talk coming up soon. Another good friend of the show, Tim Graham. They beat us. They passed us in Buffalo. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. number of people have already asked, why are you stepping away from the chance to go to the Hall of Fame and win another Super Bowl? Because I don't give a shit about the Hall of Fame. Secession is way more important to me. This has been my dream for a long time. Guys that know me, they knew I wanted one of my guys to take over. That's more important to me than anything and have a place where I could go and be welcomed back. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. studio. Back here, Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, William Harris, on this Friday, getting you ready for the weekend and Final Four weekend coming up. And, ugh, Duke. Ugh. Got to watch this Mike Krzyzewski story for at least one more day, hopefully not three more days. Cool. But the celebration has been on in Las Vegas, Willie. We have been partying it up ever since the announcement was made that Buffalo has passed us, New York State has passed us, no longer the worst stadium deal in the NFL in Las Vegas. And we bring on Tim Graham to discuss what's going on, man. I just want to say to Willie G, uh, can you imagine 25 years ago when we're covering, uh, I don't know, Chaparral football versus Clark, <laughs> that, that someday uh, I was going to be on the radio as some sort of NFL expert? <laughs> Both national. And you and the, Right, we're both talking about this. Um, come on, yeah. What, let me ask you: When you were here, had had the had Southern had have we expanded yet, or was it still uh, it, ten schools, or was there just the the first four had come aboard? 
when I covered them, when I came, when I got to the Las Vegas Sun in 1995, there were 16 schools in the entire okay. Southern Nevada, and that would include like Boulder City and all that stuff. <laughs> and then I think by the time I left, we might have had a a centennial or a something like yeah. that. I so, don't remember. So when you were here, there were, so there were 14 with the original expansion, which was Green Valley, Cimarron, Cheyenne, and Durango, and then another two came aboard, and then and then it just then it was the, the floodgates opened. Yeah, that, I remember well, those the, the halcyon days of uh, Southern Nevada high school sports. Gorman you know, was Al still Rock on Maryland was Parkway the show and basketball, <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, uh, Coach Spate, I think, was uh, was he uh, maybe? But uh, I, mean, I might be inventing names now. I, it's been a while. <laughs> Gorman was still on Maryland Parkway, and when Durango played Gorman, you opened up the door to the gym, and you were literally on the baseline. That's right. <laughs> Jeff Wagon Seller was uh, yep. selling wagons and getting it done. <laughs> Al wow. Rock was the rival coach, and now his daughter is the head coach of the UNLV Lady Rebels. That is fantastic. Yeah. Al was always good. You know, Raouf Sadat, you know, bringing it down with that left-handed hook. Yeah. This is what, – what, I mean, what a what a throwback reminiscent today on this Friday. By the sure. way, uh, one, of my, one of my high school highlights – was uh, holding Raouf to four points in a summer league game. Wow. Yeah. Wait, he must have been tired. Tim, when, well, let me ask you this. When in 1990 – wait, we got we to expand this one more time. Where, when, did you, when did you get here in 95? What month? I, it was the summer. It, it was, I just remember it was, right, it was before school. Um, it was um, – you know, uh, Al Blokovich was uh, the first guy I met uh, over at Western. Okay, yeah, because in uh, July of 95, Sonny Vaccaro had brought the big time here with the Adidas brand, to, and he, his sole purpose was to put the Nike Invitational out of business because him and Nike had had the fallout, and he had brought Nike to the summer circuit here in the early 80s, and he brought Adidas's big time after the Teaneck, New Jersey ABCD camp, and he brought a kid named Kobe Bryant. I missed that one, uh, but I caught all those after at the Reebok Holiday Prep Classic. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that was my favorite. That, and it's still, it may rank if I were to do the top five things that I, would, that I covered regularly, and that would include Super Bowls. Yeah. I think that the Reebok Holiday Prep Classic uh, may be in the top five. That was a lot of fun. That was, you know, there was Lamar Odom in there and. Uh, Shea Cotton and oh, you know, all kinds, yes. you know, the, the guys who never made it but were five-star recruits, and yep. uh, you know that was a lot of fun. That is a uh, Tim Graham, local prep writer, uh, joining us here on the, on the program. <laughs> so some great throwback memories uh, from Las Vegas of times past. But now Las Vegas is an NFL market. Tim, if and, anybody's still listening, no, they they are. They love it. People love the throwback talks. Uh, Buffalo is getting a new stadium. Well, Orchard Park is getting a new stadium. This deal on its surface looks insane. Well, it is. You know, we have to get down into a little bit more of a granular level on it to, to where it makes sense. It does make sense. And really what it boils down to is, uh, is New York uh, and its politicians. Uh, and, of course, the, the governor of New York at the moment, even though she was lieutenant and got the job because Andrew Cuomo had to resign in scandal. Uh, but she is from Buffalo. And Erie County is chipping in 250 million of that 850. Mm. So it's really coming from, you know, people of local interest. But what it boils down to is, do you want to keep a football team or not? And this is the price 
that you have to pay to stay in the game of the NFL because if, uh, if New York State and Erie County isn't willing to pay for it, well, St. Louis is. They got a lot of money all of a sudden to spend on a football team if they want to, or someplace like Orlando or Birmingham or San Antonio. There's even talk in some NFL circles about uh, with the Chicago Bears building a new stadium. Why don't we replicate what we already have uh, in New Jersey at the Meadowlands with two teams in one stadium and what we have in Los Angeles, two teams in one stadium? Well, Chicago seems to be able to handle two baseball teams. Why can't Chicago maybe be a two-tenant market? So uh, there's all kinds of places that you can look at uh, and say, uh, hey, New York, uh, if you don't want to spend this, uh, we're not going to have trouble finding a suitor. However, and this is my long-winded answer because I need to add this caveat to it, it never got to anything along those lines in terms of threats. And so refreshing for me as somebody who's been covering Major League Sports since 2000, you know, I, I've covered teams that have changed ownership. I've covered season-long lockouts, collective bargaining agreement, you know, wars, um, you know, all the different threats uh, that you have. Hell, uh, the, first, the first team that I was a beat writer for, the, Los, uh, the um, uh, Buffalo Sabres, had their owner led away in handcuffs, uh, and, and the team went bankrupt. The league took it over. So I've covered the business side of sports uh, for, for 22 years, and this is the first time I can remember that, that card not being played, that, hey, if you don't pay up, we're leaving. That card gets played early and often uh, in ownership changeover and in stadium deals, and um, it, it's refreshing that the that the Bills and the state and it, it didn't get to that point ever, and that was it was nice because I thought I was going to have to cover a bunch of that type of stuff too. So my my question on the deal, and I, I you know obviously it takes a while to, for all these specifics to to totally get out, but with Vegas, I mean there was a price to be paid for stealing a team essentially. And Vegas paid that price, and Vegas knew that they were going to get a Super Bowl and a Pro Bowl and a draft and all these other things that come with building a stadium here and being a part of the NFL. But the problem that we had with the stadium here on the show is that all this money went to the to the Raiders and to the NFL, and the deal on it, you know, the nuts and bolts of it was so ugly in terms of well, UNLV can play there, but they don't get to pick their dates, and they have to pay rent to play there. And the county pays for all the repairs, but the team gets the benefit of it, and the team gets every single dollar of every single thing. Like, the nuts and bolts of the deal was pretty ugly in Vegas. I mean, do we have any idea what it's going to look like in Buffalo? Not entirely. And the, the, the deal hasn't been papered yet, which is, you know, a fancy term of saying that we haven't been able to see all the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. Uh, it was a, a PR announcement, essentially, uh, earlier this week in which – they gave out the vague terms, and we're really not going to know for sure. Uh, you know, to, you know, I, I uh, said it's tantamount to uh, Adam Schefter reporting uh, a big free agency signing. Uh, he tweets out the numbers for the contract, and uh, three days later it's filed with the NFL Players Association, and it looks totally different uh, than what Adam Schefter reported, right? You know, he's given you all the numbers, you know, of what it's possible. You know, the agent is trying to make it look like it's the fattest deal possible. Well, this way is similar, except 180 degrees the other way. They're trying to make it seem as small as possible. <laughs> and so I think in a few days, once this uh, budget's approved, which is probably coming Monday perhaps, um, that we're going to see different numbers. Uh, that, so the numbers wouldn't be a lie, 
but it, it, it's going to be open to interpretation, and I think the numbers are actually going to go up uh, in terms of uh, you're going to be able to say it's maybe closer to a billion dollars. Uh, but which bucket uh, are the are the dollars being dropped into? Um, you know, the thing that's that's you, you, you mentioned some things there with Las Vegas and what Las Vegas can pull off with a Super Bowl, with a draft. You know, I, I think that the Bills could probably get a draft. Uh, they could get a combine type thing. Um, maybe, uh, probably not. But um, but the, there are things that Las Vegas can pull off that most other markets can. Uh, but the thing with with uh, Western New York, there's only one Fortune 500 company in the entire region, and that's M&T Bank at number 444. <laughs> and M&T Bank's name is already on another stadium in the NFL. It's on the Baltimore Ravens Stadium. So you don't have, and this is where I'm going to try to rationalize the idea of 850 in, in, in million in public in uh, public funds going towards a stadium. You don't, if you're Terry and Kim Pagula, the owner of the Bills, you don't have really other options to make this money back. The stadium is owned by the county, and yes, they need a place to play, but it's not as though that the Pagulas can just go like Robert Kraft does with Patriot Place or with all the other different ancillary things that you can do with your stadium to make your money back. They don't have that. They essentially have 10 football games to offer, uh, including the preseason, and hopefully uh, a couple of home games in the playoffs if you can be good enough. Uh, and so there, you just don't have that bang for the buck. You don't have that, you know, the, the Steinbrenners can build Yankee Stadium out of their own pockets because all you have to do is take a look at the outfield signage <laughs> and see all of, all of the Fortune 500 companies from around the world want to advertise it in your stadium, all the things that you get back with your own broadcast network and those types of things. Meanwhile, the, the Bills, just a couple of years ago, had their title sponsor pull out because it went broke. It couldn't afford to keep paying. And that's New Era Cap, which is one of the pride and joys uh, of, uh, of Buffalo in terms of its corporate, uh, uh, you know, the, the, one of the drawing, uh, one of the highlights, I guess yeah. you'd say, of Buffalo corporations is they have New Era Cap, which is a global brand and the whole thing. Well, they tried to name the stadium and it was new era field for a couple of years but then they, they they couldn't make the payments anymore so that's what you're dealing with in western new york and again that's what comes back to the public has to pay a large bit of the money uh, if you want to keep the national football league there because if you were to draw up a map of 30 to 32 markets uh today if you wanted to start the nfl uh, from scratch there is no possible way that <laughs> Buffalo gets an NFL no. team. No. Uh, great, great stuff, as always, by Tim Graham. You can follow him on Twitter from The Athletic. Um, I, I urge everybody to follow him because he's great on Twitter, too, especially in the middle of the night. Uh, two things real quick. First of all, don't <laughs> move. I wonder what. I wonder what that's code for. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't move the combine from Indianapolis. We had a great time there. Uh, always enjoy seeing you there, and I think it should stay. From what I remember. Yeah, from sure. what I remember, Adam, yeah. Uh, myself included. Uh, also, uh, only about 30 seconds here, so sorry to do this to you, but is the Stefan Diggs situation going to get ugly? No, I don't think so, uh, I, because he loves Josh Allen, and I think that there is a real bond there. Now, money talks, as we've seen through free agency, and uh, but – They've, they're building something special here. And I think Stefan Diggs loves the, the targets that he gets. He loves the big play possibilities. He loves the trust that's been built up between him and Josh Allen. 
and then the Bills are going out and adding guys like Von Miller. It's a fun time. It's a fun team. They, these guys are tight, uh, and uh, I, I would be stunned if this turns into a real problem. Okay. Just based on the personalities involved. Well, there you go. Good stuff. Follow him up on Twitter, at by Tim Graham. Check his stuff out in The Athletic. We thank you, sir. All right, Tim. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Willie. Thanks, man. Good stuff from him, as always, friend of the show. Tim Graham. So many friends of the show on today. And an old friend of the show coming up in the next hour. We had Stormy Bonatoni earlier. He used to be on the Golden Knights broadcast. Somebody else who used to be on the Golden Knights broadcast. They're coming up in about a half hour. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.